0: welcome to the flourish with functional nutrition podcast i'm your host Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and Mind Remap for Health, and a nutritional therapy and MAP method practitioner specializing in allergies and sensitivities, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, sleep issues, and chronic health conditions. Join me for episode 42, where we talk with my client, Kathy James, about her experience with the advanced neural retraining technique known as the MAP method for stage 4 breast cancer alongside conventional treatments. We discussed the book Radical Remission by Kelly A. Turner, Ph.D., and the three radical remission factors that we worked on using the MAP method. Here Kathy talk about the connection between stuck emotions and cancer and why releasing them was a key to her recovery. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's hear from Kathy.
1: Well, welcome, Kathy. I'm really excited to have you on my show. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and thank you for agreeing to come and talk about some of your experiences with using the MAP method, um, along with other treatment methods for uh, for your health issues. So, welcome, and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you
2: found the MAP method, and yeah. why you decided to try it. All right. Well, I'm a licensed massage therapist, and I. Um, enjoyed learning a lot of different techniques you know craniosacral matrix energetics pranic healing emotional freedom technique reiki healing touch and all of those have an emotional release component to them because i think the founders of all of those realize that you know we do store emotions in our body and that when you do body work as a massage therapist it, emotions are bound to come up for your client and whether they tell you that or not, but I mean, often when I would have someone on the table, I mean, they'd start crying and, you know, the emotions were being released at that time. Um, And so I've always been drawn to that, you know, so when I found out about MAP, it was kind of a natural progression to, I'm I'm someone who loves to learn new things. And, you know, it, it was something that when I found out that you did that as a technique that I wanted to, you know, to try it. Um, when I was doing it, one interesting thing as a massage therapist, my main practice was craniosacral therapy. And almost all my clients were women about my age who had been uh abused in their youth. And it was kind of like the wounded healer because I too had been abused in my youth, and then here I was attracting clients that had similar issues you know, to myself. And um So one more thing about myself, uh, seven years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and four years ago, it became a diagnosis of stage four. So having a diagnosis of cancer is, you know, initially very, very terrifying, you know, and you start thinking, you know, how am I going to go through this journey? And I've always been a little bit of a a rebel regards conventional medical care. And I tried a lot of alternative things first, um, yeah, well, when I met in fact I, initially i didn't even really have a diagnosis like a biopsy i just noticed that there was an indentation near my on my breast that was kind of permanent it almost like the i used to say it was like the pillsbury doughboy where someone stuck a finger in and you know hit, hit, like this indentation would happen and it wouldn't release um and i was going to two md's at the time who were alternative and they both said, oh, yes, you know, that's cancer. Uh, and they both had things that they were open to trying with me. And so I didn't even have a biopsy until the next year when a girlfriend sort of twisted my arm to pursue this a little further to see, well, what kind of breast cancer was it? And, you know, kind of opened up that whole door. But then when I saw the surgeon... know she wanted to do a mastectomy right away and i said i wanted to wait and i waited a whole year you know uh, still trying some alternative things um but then eventually when i could feel that the lump inside the breast was growing i i decided to do the surgery oh and then uh one of the how i met you which is how i got to learn about MAP because i don't know how i would have done that is one of the things that i was doing i signed up for this year-long course with lynn mctaggart on the power of intention and you were in it and we were put in the same group. And, you know, eventually I learned what you did and um, it was something I wanted to try. And I think something you thought might be beneficial because you knew my, my health history and, you know, that's how I came to MAP, you know, the first time.
1: So when, when you came to your first MAP session,
3: Mm
1: -hmm. um, you were trying to, uh, maybe you can just set the stage a little bit. So stage four breast cancer also right. had gone to the bone,
2: right? The bone and the abdomen.
1: And yeah. we had been in our group that, so the power of eight groups that Limic Taggart organizes, it, it, it's a group of, well, in our case, we started out with 12 people right. that get together once a week and they do intentions for each other. So it's, it's sort of, holding an intention for one member of the group for 10 minutes at a time. And so we had done some intentions for you around cancer and being free of cancer and, you know, having full recovery, wanting to be in full remission, right? So I think that's kind of the, kind of where we were, I think, when you had your first MAP session. Do you remember what what that was like coming to your first MAP session, what you decided to work on, what were you you hoping for, I guess?
2: Yeah, um, so I've thought about the first MAP session and I would say that in in the first session, like I I didn't really know what to expect and I wasn't quite sure how it worked. Um, and, And I would say that I didn't go away from the session thinking, wow, like that really, nailed that one thing I had. And and I think for some people like who have a fear of heights, you know, they might know, do I still have the fear of heights? It's easy to measure. They, you know, they either do or they don't. It's a little black and white. You know, for me, I intuited that this was a technique that was going to be helpful to me after the first session. I did feel more calm and relaxed after the session. I don't remember what we worked on specifically. You know, I, I, I think that as we went along, and maybe we've had eight sessions together, I've gotten better at kind of identifying what things are are showing up in my life. Like one of the things about MAP for me is it's made me more mindful of what I'm thinking. And so as I go along in my day, it's like, wow, I just thought of my ex-boyfriend like, you know, five times. And that brought up something for me like anger or feelings of unworthiness because he jilted me or you know, just whatever and and then it's like i want to work on that with madeline you know that that's showing up for a reason and and so that i mean even that's been lovely just this the sense of mindfulness and seeing what my thoughts are thinking like to be able to to catch them as i'm thinking them and realizing that they're showing up for a reason especially in doing math that you know this is something for you and i to uh you know, to, to work on and to defuse uh, yes. that word um, uh,
1: yeah, so what I remember about maybe the first one or two sessions with you is it, mo- it was uh, emotional topics
3: mm-hmm. having
1: to do with relationships, maybe a theme of betrayal,
3: right, right yes. and um and I remember you kind of feeling like
1: these memories are pretty intense for you. They're pretty painful.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. And I, I I had the feeling that you felt lighter about them, less burdened by them. Yes. Can you talk about that? Like how you
2: experienced that? Yeah. And I, you know, I would say, and this is maybe more how I would have ended our podcast, but I would say the thing that MAP has given me most is the, the sense of peace. Like like a true sense of peace because, because my husband cheated on me and then my boyfriend cheated on me and, and things in my past with, you know, childhood trauma and everything, there was a lot of lies and secrets and betrayal and, and just a lot of that. And, you know, I thought I'd worked through some of it, like with a therapist and everything, but you know they were still there and I knew they were eating on me. And, you know, when I say those words, I think of cancer eating on me. You know, I I feel this connection with those emotions and what's going on physically in my body. But I would say now, and and even as, I mean, you're right, after those first few sessions, there's a, I I can think about these people, my ex-husband, you know, my ex-boyfriend, and not have this stuff stir up almost on a cellular level of, Oh, kind of anger, but unworthiness on my part, and um, and uh, you know, and I I feel more at peace. You know, my my sleep is better now than it has been. I used to wake up like four times a night easily, you know, and use the bathroom and everything. And now I wake up just once a night, and it's it shocks me still when that happens. When the second time I wake up is the time to wake up. And it's not like oh, it's not one thirty. It's it's actually five thirty, my normal waking time, and and that's been lovely. Just the, you know, just living with peace with with this more sense of um, calm and joy. Um, yeah,
3: yeah. So I
1: I like to to remind you know to point out to people that the MAP method we. With the MAP method, we work with painful emotional memories. I mean, that's one way we can work. It's one kind of entry point. We can also work directly with symptoms or directly with a disempowering belief that you realize you have, or like you talked about the thoughts, right? Things that keep coming up for you that you think, why is this in my head still, right? Um, So that can be an entry point as well. But um, so what what I like to point out is that people, most often feel emotional shifts, like after the first couple of one or two sessions, right, they're starting to feel emotional shifts. And then after a few more sessions, they're starting to feel like mental shifts, like mental patterns start to change. And then after that, the physical shifts happen. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And, you know, this is kind of like in the order that they were created as well, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the emotional trauma happens, but then it's, you know, when it's been stuck or it's been reinforced by other experiences in life, right, then it starts to contribute to these strategies, maybe that we call them, like mental strategies, uh, people pleasing, caretaking, or other personality traits, perfectionism, you know, that require that we suppress our own feelings and our own needs in the service of others or in the service of something else. And and then, and then, you know, the physical patterns, what we call symptoms, like that's kind of the last phase of change. Mm-hmm. Be- and it, it lags because if that's, you know, that was created after many, many years of, right, these other patterns playing on us. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it, it does totally make sense. And it's, it's actually why I think that I have cancer <laughs> because of emotional things that happened that perhaps I wasn't willing to deal with totally at the time, or, or even knew how to deal with them. And I do think that they, I mean, they clearly became thoughts, you know, recurring thoughts, you know, that mind racing kind of thoughts. But, you know, I I do think that is one of the reasons why, you know, I have cancer. But I do think that MAP also has helped me physically, you know, because I it definitely has helped emotionally with releasing a lot of of thoughts I've had, particularly about relationships, but I mean, I mean, almost any area of my life, but, but physically it's helped too, because we started working together. I mean, maybe October, November of last year, but then because of the cancer in my abdomen, I spent three separate times in the hospital in December, finally winding up with almost a complete bowel obstruction because of the cancer and was put in hospice. And then my oncologist pulled me out to continue a treatment that, you know, I, I, of course has had some success cause I'm still here. Uh, but at the same time, we continued to work at least like once every three weeks, you know, we would have a session and we would just keep, you know, I, I, am mean, sure everyone knows it's like an onion, just peeling the layers off. You know, what comes up next? You know we clear that what comes up next. And, I would attribute still being here and feeling really good, not just to the the chemo, I I give it, (laughs) I give it partial credit, but I really think that, you know, getting rid of some of these stuck emotions is exactly what I needed to feel better physically. And one of the other classes that I was taking was radical remission. Mm-hmm. And this woman who was a PhD student at the time was looking at what do people who have a radical remission, what what's in common with them? Because then maybe she could help others. And she came up with nine things and now there's 10. But one of the things was, you know, releasing stuck emotions, repressed emotions. And we've worked a lot on that. And I don't know how else I would have done it without MAP. Cause I've tried, I mean, I've tried a lot of different body work techniques. I tried working with a therapist and I still had stuck emotions and I know that I have shifted away from those that I, I, you know, I am 100% confident that we have tackled a lot of that, that was detrimental to my, to all levels of health, you know, emotional, physical, um, yeah, yeah, even,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, so you, you,
1: so I I, I recall something from one of our early sessions, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've been talking about your childhood and, you know, the abuse that you endured then. Mm-hmm. And I remember that we found this belief. I can't defend myself, right? Mm-hmm. There was a And we worked on this belief. And at that time I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, we've got to clear this belief because it, I can't defend myself. When you in, in, imply that on a physiological level, mm-hmm. we're talking about immune system, right? Right. Yes. Like not even coming online, like just watching stuff go by like, yeah, well, it's there, but I can't, you know, I don't have the resources. I I, I, I can't, whatever, whatever, you know, yes. whatever that looks like. I thought this is not something we want someone who has cancer to, to, to have anymore. Right. And so I remember working on that belief and I, I was really hopeful that y- you were going to see some kind of shift, you know, after that session. But I, I do have to point out here that you actually got worse for the first few months. <laughs> and we worked together and that this, this was, uh,
2: well, so like in, in homeopathy, People do get worse before they get better. They go through that healing crisis. So it's interesting because every time I've had something where it looks like I'm getting a little worse, and it might not even be cancer related, it might be another symptom I had a while back that has re shown itself. I'm almost happy because I, I feel like it's almost part of the healing is to work backwards through these things. So, so I, I, I mean, I almost died. So. <laughs> It was a little, that that was a little too close to the, to the edge there, but maybe that's what it took. And I, I do feel that my body has a lot, a lot of innate intelligence and intuition. And I think it took me on a journey that was for my own good and for teaching and, and perhaps to find you in this method. And I mean, I, I'm open to all of those beliefs that, you know, there's a reason I mean, another one of my beliefs is that I'm not going to die from this, that that I have, it has been a gift. I have learned so much. I have a group of people that, you know, follow me through my emails that support me and hope for me and love me and send me healing energy. And that's all been just miraculous to me. So, you know, so I I am ready to be finished with cancer. (laughs) Seven years has been enough. I'm ready to put that burden down and go on to learning in a different way than from the cancer, but uh,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. But I am very thankful to MAP. I I literally do not know how else I would have unstuck emotions, you know, which is one of the the nine things of the radical remission things. I and I don't I don't know. I maybe other people can do it by by some other therapy or wishing it away or something, but MAP has really. Done it for me. It, it's you know when it happens, it it has stayed. I don't feel like I regress if something comes up that's still around. Say ex boyfriend that we worked on, it's just it's another issue. It, it it's not like the same issue reinserting itself. It's the it's the onion peeling and this next issue that looked a little like the first one, but was enough different that we need to peel it away as well. So
3: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Kelly Turner's book and her work so kelly turner phd you talked about her she Mm -hmm. ran the class that you took she wrote a book called radical remission surviving cancer against all odds and she studied uh thousands i think thousands of cases of radical remission from cancer yes and she came up with this she she wanted to she wanted to figure out what what is what are the common themes here right what are the Components of these radical remissions. And she came up with nine, as you said, now there are 10, but nine original factors changing your diet, taking control of your health, following your intuition, using herbs and supplements, Mm -hmm. releasing suppressed emotions, increasing positive emotions, embracing Mm -hmm. social support, deepening your spiritual connection, having strong reasons for living. Those were the original nine. Right. Number 10 which shouldn't be surprising to anyone was exercise.
2: Right. And and she didn't include that initially because people were exercising, not in a way like going to the gym. And so she didn't catch it, but they were walking their dog or they were doing gardening or something. And she didn't quite. Yeah. So she finally realized that that's one that's helpful.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. So, uh, you know, when, when we work together, so like maybe after the first three sessions or so, you wanted to use this uh, framework and, and you would ask me, you know, is there anything here that we need to work with? And so I think we worked through at least three of these factors. So like releasing the suppressed emotions, like you talked about, increasing positive emotions right, and strengthening reasons for living. Do you want to talk
2: about those? Yeah. In the strengthening reasons for living, you know, I was feeling like, even though I had a, brand new grandson, my first, I was still feeling like, I don't know if I have a reason to live. And when I say those words, I think other people would think, oh, she was depressed, but I I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel depression. It was just like, as I looked at my life, I just kind of wasn't sure if I had a, a reason to live. And we did work on that. And I can't, you know, I can't pinpoint like, oh yes, I now know I need to finish that book or, you know, some big project it's just more like that's just not an issue anymore. You know, I just feel inside myself. I I want to live. I have a reason to live. And so that was, that was big because I wasn't quite sure how to come at that any other way. Cause you know, looking at my life, I mean, both my kids are in, I'm in St. Louis, both my kids are in St. Louis They're close by, you know, I, I being a mother's important to me. You would think all those things would be kind of enough, but I, I still wasn't quite there. And MAP really helped that, like, like a hundred percent. So that that clearly, you know, was one. Um, the releasing stuck emotions, you know, we've talked about that. The increasing positive emotions, I've been, you know, always a optimistic and I think a fairly positive person, but it 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 was definitely helpful to. I mean, in some ways it was in in getting rid of those thoughts that, you know, either whether it was about my mother or about my ex-husband or my boy, my ex-boyfriend, you know, that were just grinding away in my brain, you know, and, and causing angst when I thought about them. You know, that really, you know, so I don't know if I would have phrased it that way, the you know, increasing positive emotions, but it, it's more like the sense of peace that I mentioned in the beginning. You know, I now have a sense of peace and joy that, like, permeates on a cellular level, and it's a gift that's incredible. I mean, I, I, I actually don't know how I would have gotten there some other way. I mean, maybe some people do drugs, but <laughs> I, you know, that's not me. So, so it's it's been, um it's been lovely. You know, I think that I've gotten some of these radical remission things and even deepening my spiritual connections, I think map has helped with because I mean, I, it's, you know, when, when one isn't mired in stuck emotions and recurring thoughts that don't have a, you know, that are kind of negative and some anger and some self-worth things you're on a different scale of being able to have a spiritual connection and I do feel that since we've been working together, my spiritual connection has has deepened and increased.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So as you mentioned, we did about eight sessions together. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I guess, you know, what advice would you have for someone else in your situation who has cancer? Mm-hmm. You know, that is kind of looking for something more than just than what Western medicine can offer.
3: Um, what What advice would you have for them?
2: Well, after I was diagnosed with cancer, two women friends that I have were diagnosed and they would call me and they knew I was doing kind of alternative stuff. And they asked me kind of that question, like, what do I suggest? And I said, I have spent my lifetime developing my thought patterns around health and healing and alternative things and, and stuff. And, you know, they're mine and, and they're what I believe. And I said, you can't just step into my belief system and take it on as your own. You know, you have your current one, you have this diagnosis, you have to go with what you believe. And if you believe that doing your research right now is too onerous and you should just that your best chance of survival is doing what your oncologist says, then you should 100% do that because I believe thoughts are all powerful. I think that if if going against what they think, there's all this fear and, and questioning whether you're doing the right thing, then you shouldn't do it. You know you you should do what you believe will help you, and for some people that is following what traditional medicine says, you know because that that makes sense to that person you know, but I you know for me <laughs> i I mean I am a bit of a rebel about that stuff, and for me, just to go along with the oncologist without you know questioning and doing some research and you know coming up with what I feel makes sense for me, um that wouldn't feel right. So I, I do believe that people have to go with following their intuition, doing what their heart tells them in the moment. Um, you know, and being willing to, you know, maybe for them, it's not alternative things, but maybe think more complementary. You know, oncologists are more willing to look at diet and supplements, which are part of the radical remission thing and support groups like you know, the hospital system I'm associated with, you know, they offer support groups, they offer psychological counseling all for free, you know, so there are these things that are available to them that can help in a radical remission sense with one of those nine things, um, you know, that they should consider. I, I mean, I would tell them that they should try MAP. I mean, definitely. I mean, cause I don't know how else with, you know, when you get a diagnosis of cancer, all of a sudden your timeline got shorter. Not that you're going to die, but just things are immediate. You know, you become really clear <laughs> of the present and you don't have time to do four years of psychotherapy, hoping to unstick some emotions or, you know, your mother locked you in the glove compartment when you were a child and, you know, just dealing with all that. But I think MAP is, and I've, I've done a lot in my life, I think MAP is the most efficient. And long-lasting, and effective, and more bang for the buck than any other treatment that I've ever been involved with.
3: Wow, and that's saying a lot because you've, you've yeah, I've done a lot I've yeah. done a lot you've yeah been a practitioner of a lot of things
1: right. So, uh, so for for the person that's interested in MAP perhaps, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for to support them in their cancer journey or any other chronic illness kind of Mm -hmm. journey. Can you just, maybe you can help to sketch out sort of where you were October, November. We talked about this a little bit, but I just want to kind of sum it up. Where you Mm -hmm. were last October, November, when we started working together and where you, like how that journey proceeded and where you are now. Like, Mm -hmm. I know you're not out of the woods, you know, like a hundred percent, but right. maybe you can just help us understand sort of that
3: that progression.
2: Yeah, um, in, in starting with math, I really did believe that it would help the cancer, but it wasn't my focus. It was more that I thought it would help with the emotional stuff, which then would help with the cancer and the physical body. But I really, I really did intuit and knew that there was a lot of emotional stuff that needed clearing, that I could find some resolution and peace with. Um, And with each MAP session that we did and, and, you know, December got kind of dicey with the whole hospice, half hospitalization stuff. But um, with each MAP session we did, I think I understood MAP better. I, I understood what I could bring to the session that would make the session more effective because between sessions, I started being more mindful. I started recognizing that, oh, you know, my mom or all my interactions with my mom just bring up this angst. I don't even want to talk to her on a daily basis because I call her every day. And I I would, I would realize, okay, that's something that came up for a reason. You know, it's been that way for 65 years. This is coming up for a reason that is so in my consciousness and my awareness. And I would bring to the MAP sessions, things that were lit up for me. Because they clearly, it was kind of my body telling me, this is the next thing that we can work on. Not maybe that we should work on, but we can. This is important. This is something that we should clear for the next thing to bubble up to the surface to see what it is. So I do think our map sessions together got better and better. And and it wasn't a question of, of your skill, it was more a question of, me understanding what I needed to bring to the session that was in the moment, you know, important and you know would do the most good for you know for my health, my benefit.
1: Yeah, no, so that that that's helpful. So just reflecting on those. So we had we worked on some memories of relationships in the past that were still painful. And and do you I think you I heard you say that those memories became more neutral and stayed that way. Right. So it wasn't like a temporary effect. It was.
2: Yes. Yeah. And and really, I mean, you know, I'd found out that my husband had been cheating on me for 18 months and it was, I mean, there was self-worth stuff. There was abandonment stuff. There was all these things. And now, I mean, he was over at my house the other day because we had to talk about a few things and, you know, I just, I, I mean, I just, had good thoughts about him, <laughs> you know. I, that nothing came up like you know, you lying, cheating, of a gun kind of thing. It was, you know, there was, yeah. I, I mean, I loved him for a long time. I mean, I still felt love towards him and didn't have a lot of negative things. So, I, it, it really did hold and it kind of shifted my whole, you know, my whole thought pattern regards any of the people that we did uh, regards relationships. Yeah, including. And, uh,
3: including
1: currently active relationships like
2: yeah. your mother. Yeah. yeah, Like my mom. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and even my ex, I mean uh, my ex-husband, you know, we, cause we still deal with each other. Cause there's still some um, kids stuff that we deal with, even though my children are adults um, and, and then some financial things that we still have to deal with, but you know, it's nice to be able to, you know, be in a relationship with him, how little it is, but be in a relationship with him where I don't have you know, negative thoughts about him or feelings of anger or stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I really do feel peace regards that.
3: Yeah.
1: So I, what I was hoping you could do is sketch out for us sort of where your health was in October, November, so that people can really get the yeah. difference between what what you were experiencing at that time. Uh, right even having been in our intention group for nine months, right? But where you were at Mm -hmm. and sort of how that progressed, you know, through the December chapter and then where you are now.
2: Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So every time I'd have treatment, there would be blood work done. And one of the things that she would do blood work on is a cancer antigen number, where if you're between zero and 25, that's considered normal because everyone has some inflammation in their body. Uh, And mine was... You know, really high in the even in no, November and stuff um and I would say in October and November, I was beginning to feel a lot of abdominal stuff, but I was kind of ignoring it a little, just like, oh, you know, maybe this is just normal indigestion or whatever and and then it morphed into something really bad in December where it became almost a complete bowel obstruction, and um you know, so physically. You know, I kind of went downhill from the October, November, December, but we kept working. And, uh, you know, then I came out of hospice in the early part of January, started treatment. We kept working on MAP and it's just gotten better and better. I mean, I was able, you know, to eat again. And uh, now I feel even with the, the chemo treatments, I feel relatively normal. I have hardly any symptoms, even from the treatment. And I would say maybe nothing from the cancer. Um, And and the antigen number went from the mid 700s to now like 33. And so I am edging closer to the 25, which is good. You know, I mean one thing we probably need to work on is when it goes below 25, my oncologist would like me to stay on the chemo. Mm -hmm. And I would like her to do a CT scan and see how it's looking and maybe go off the chemo. Uh, Just because my belief system about the, even though I don't have very many side effects, the chemo is still a very powerful, corrosive drug. And, you know, I want to give my, I hope to be here a long time. I want to give my body every possible chance to be healthy on that journey. So I don't know if they yeah. answered the question, but I'm doing really, really well. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, remarkable, right? Yeah, um, really so well, yeah. when when we talk about erratic remission, I, I'm not sure what the definition is, but uh, would that equate to having a cancer antigen number of less, of 25 or less? I mean, would you consider you know, that?
2: I, you know, I think that she would say the CT scan would be more her yardstick of whether there was seeable cancer or not. Even though my cancer has, like some people, the cancer antigen never means nothing, you know, that they can have a high one, but they, you know, a CT scan shows them totally clear. Like, but for me, it was tracking. So she feels pretty confident that when it's going lower, things are getting better. Uh, And when it goes higher, things are getting worse. So she, you know, she, she is tracking that, but I think she would say a CT scan and then maybe a bone scan for the bone part of it. But,
3: yeah. yeah,
1: Maybe this would be a good point for you for you to talk a, a little bit about what it's like to be in a map session. So for people who have n- never heard of this before, um, let me just explain that the map method is a method of neural retraining. It's an advanced method of neural retraining, I'd say. And um, with it, the practitioner, Uh, so it's like a partnership really kind of like between the practitioner and the client practitioner is offering instructions to your subconscious mind which your subconscious mind is free to accept or deny or to implement at whatever level it feels is appropriate for you and you know with this method we are we're working directly with the subconscious we are harnessing the power of the subconscious which knows everything that's ever happened to you, all consciously held and unconsciously held memories. And we're able to, your subconscious mind is able to rewire itself based on instructions that the practitioner gives. Now, Every time I give this little introduction (laughs) to the map method, I always think like, oh gosh, you know, people are going to think like, what the heck is she talking about? And, you know, where is the computer that's going to rewire my brain, right? Like what kind of equipment do I have to be hooked up to, right? Because we, I don't know, people think of like neurofeedback or um, I don't know, other modalities that are more technology uh, related. How would you explain, how would you describe your experience of a session and, and what what it's like?
2: Right. But, but first I want to talk about you said about the, the computer hooked up the brain actually what I think of when you talk about the mapping I think oh it's magic yeah yeah she's doing magic and and I know that, that probably is not how you want people to view it but I'm okay with magic and uh because it does seem sort of too good to be true you know that that the woman who developed this figured it out and and it's remarkable and amazing and, and does work. But it does almost feel like, well, that's too easy, too good to be true. And, and the too easy part, I think, can be a detriment for some people because some people actually do need something hard, you know, that they, they really worked through it. And then it's worth something where <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm like, I will take easy. I, I'm okay with easy. It, it's all right if you can, you know. If we, if my superconscious rewires my brain and these emotions fall away that were not serving me, and uh, and that I feel peace, I will I will take that as easy as you can give it. But but for me, the map session, um, you know, first we talk about what I'm, you know, what I want to work on in that session, and you know, we make sure we're both on the same page. So we 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 talk it through enough so that we both understand you know, what's going on, you know, and then I usually close my eyes as you're giving the superconscious the direction. And, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, I don't really think of anything, but I do, I have noticed that it's, you know, to keep track of thoughts that come up. And sometimes they're really unrelated to the issue that I thought we were working on, but I've learned to tell you what came up because somehow my superconscious knows what I don't know. And so I've learned to trust that, that we might be working on abandonment issues. And then all of a sudden this memory from childhood comes up. That seems pretty like, like, like it shouldn't have any emotional zing to it, but then we work on it. And I, I and I usually within the session, I get the connection. I, I get how this falls into place with what else we've been working on. And usually jumps like that we work on the first thing and kind of clear it and then I think you might muscle test to to see whether you know there's more to that particular issue to work on and then we you know we take it to another level but it looks the same I mean I once again close my eyes and you know the superconscious is doing its job Um, and I just stay as mindful as I can and sometimes nothing comes up and then we can just muscle test us. If I don't have another thing to work on, but we still have time, you know, you have a bag of tricks where, you know, we we can muscle test either around the radical remission things are about belief systems, like, you know, what belief systems would serve me. And I talk about why I think I'm not going to die from cancer. And, you know, one of them is if you have B blood types, you don't die as often as other people. And I have a B blood type and just things like that. And then you send me an email at the end of the session with those beliefs that help. They help kind of um, secure it in my brain that, you know, having these strong beliefs are part of my healing process and they're beliefs I already held, but it's nice to have them kind of all, all compacted like that. I don't know if that's helpful to your audience. Yeah. I I, I mean, it's painless. You know, you don't have to. Relive that horrible trauma in childhood, you know you, you there's none of that um, I think that you know it, it it has helped me, and I would hope it helps other people be more mindful of what's going on with their you know with their thoughts throughout even when they're not in the map session um, yeah, and i you know and I think there is no pressure to necessarily know exactly what you need to work on because sometimes it is hidden pretty deep that exact thing and sometimes there are just you know some layers and it's okay to work on the lesser thing and 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 maybe there's a sense of safety then you know that people might need to take it slower at first and develop this rapport with you and 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 have the sense of safety that this this is okay you know this technique is not going to hurt them in and of itself
1: so do you have any sensation of the rewiring process? Hmm.
2: Well, I do know that I often feel a sense of, okay, so calm came up, peace came up. The sense of like a sigh, like, oh, okay. Oh, you know, just, yeah, that, that something left my body. And now there's, there's part, even physically, that I can relax a little and not need to be as guarded. Yeah, there's been that. I'm trying to think of, oh, I have cried a few times. I mean, not like big sobs, but tears have come up uh, during a MAP session. But, I mean, usually kind of almost cleansing relief kind of tears versus tears of reliving something that was painful.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, There have been a lot of aha moments where I see the connection between things that, that I never understood the connection before. And I, I don't know if it's crucial to the healing that I, that I understood the connections, but I'm the type of person that really enjoys seeing that connection. I, I like that as part of the session. And that might just be something that I bring to it or that's important to me. And so my superconscious has given me that gift. <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. So just so people understand so this rewiring process as you described you know your eyes are closed i'm talking to you so we're sitting on a zoom video conference right you're in st louis missouri i'm up here in minneapolis minnesota Um, the distance doesn't matter i have clients in many other countries around the world Um, we're sitting on a zoom video conference and we are just talking like we're having a little chat right i mean So, we kind of set up the session at the beginning. We decide what the subject is. You tell me what the emotions are around this subject, this memory, this belief, this person, this situation, and how strong those are, how strong the emotions are. And then we take that as an entry point, right? We start working with that. And I'm offering instructions just like this. I'm talking to your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is like, oh, I know what to do with that. And it starts to you know, find the related memories and neutralize them, right? And some people have a sensation of this, not everyone, but some people have a sensation like that they feel a little dizzy, a little lightheaded, or they have REM eye movements. Some people tell me they feel tingling in their brain or on their scalp or something. Um, Other people tell me they feel things, body sensations come up, you know, that come and go. Oh, Uh, you know, oh, my heart started to beat really fast or my throat started to constrict or I have this pain that came up in my neck or um, I had goosebumps, you know, all over my arms when you said that or um, my legs started to tremble or shake, you know. This and, you know, probably other things uh, that I'm not thinking of now are all kind of related to the rewiring process. Wow. Yeah. Um, In some cases, I think what I... What I feel is that traumas which have been stored in the body have been released, like much like what you described with massage therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, as I'm giving instructions and, and the superconscious is going and finding these memories to fully process them in a way that you know they hadn't been before. They had been kind of like captured and frozen and somaticized. And then people start to feel like that tingling or the or the the gut. You know, like some sensation in the gut that kind of arises, but then is re- released, or like the you know, like flash headache or something. And and I think that's like some trauma being mm-hmm. let go. You know, being released. So mm-hmm. I, I get all kinds of descriptions. I, I was just curious to see if you had yeah. any. A,
2: yeah, any the most I think what usually happens for me is just this sense of calm and peace. That kind of a sigh, kind of. <sighs> okay. You know, like we worked, yeah, that was good. You know, work through that one and uh ready for the next. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, now that you've said that, when I do a map session next, I'm going yeah. to be yeah, paying attention just physically if yeah. anything comes up. Yeah.
1: So is there anything else that um you wish you had known before you had that first map session that would have made you feel a little bit more comfortable about um signing up
3: for it or?
2: trying you know well now knowing that it works and it probably works for everyone you know I I mean for someone just coming and saying this works this is worth it try it though for me it, that's not a high barrier because I have the resources and time and the interest to try new things so you know you know for me it, I jump into a lot of things not really knowing what I'm jumping into for someone else especially if you have a kind of a dire physical thing going on, a chronic illness, or, you know, things that just have been with you a long time, or, you know, arthritis, or lupus, or, you know, cancer, or whatever, you know, this is worth it, you know, the, this would be, you know, this is something that, that is worth you trying, and not just one time, you know, I, I do think that someone like, say, fear of heights, they can have a one-time moment where then they no longer fear heights, but I think something that when you have a chronic illness, there is a lot to work on. And, and, you know, if, if you want to give MAP a try, give it five sessions, just dedicate yourself to five sessions and and be very conscious of how you felt before you started the sessions, you know, because sometimes you can say, well, I don't feel much different, not truly remembering, you know, how, you know, how bad you were feeling. Um, Yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, if, I, I I mean, I wish I was younger because then I think I would get certified in map and then do a whole practice of it and, and help people, you know, but uh, right now it's enough for me, you know, to, you know, to get my own health, you know, going, but it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, you know, I want to point out to people that though, you know, it, it is helpful for people with chronic health issues the physical aspects of the chronic health issues you know it's also helpful even just on an emotional level like even if all you you know going through cancer having a a significant diagnosis you have a lot of traumas you know there's a lot of traumas associated with that All, all those yeah the trauma of being diagnosed like the symptoms that you know watching your your level of function
2: decline and. Well, and one thing is a lot of people, other people's belief systems, like my oncologist belief systems when she says something and then do I take that on? <laughs> you know, so yeah, there is a lot, but but you're right. I mean, even just the everyday person who is basically healthy, you know, they, there's a ton that you can get from releasing your stuck emotions. One, you might not have to go through what I went through. I mean, you might be able to, not ride that horse ever in your life and uh that's a gift. You mean avoiding the diagnosis. Avoiding the diagnosis because yeah. you handled you handled your stuck emotions and and your fears and you're not feeling safe and your you know unworthiness. Yes I mean the, and just as humans, I mean, you know, we all have some of that. No one's free of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I um you know I think of a client that I worked with uh, earlier today, who is, came to see me not because of health issues, but because of lifelong um, anxiety, mm-hmm. and he's had two sessions. And you know, we we got together today for his third session, and he said, "You know, what changes have you noticed?" And you know, even after the first session, he was reporting feeling more calm, more peaceful, not having this racing thoughts and the um, I don't know, all the anxieties that had played to him. He said, you know, uh, I was, you know, just telling someone who was visiting or something about this. And he said, and, and it it certainly occurred to me like, yeah, I've only had two sessions. And he said, 40 years of anxiety has dissipated, Wow. you know? And, and, and I, you know, it doesn't mean that we won't feel anxious about anything ever again, right? Like that's that's not what this is about. Right. It's not about removing your ability to feel emotions. It's about um it's about kind of releasing those patterns that amplify those emotions when they do arise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, things are life is gonna keep happening. You know, you may feel anxious about something in the future, but the anxiety then should only be about what is actually happening in the moment, right? right. It shouldn't be amped up by right the patterns right. of anxiety from the past, right? That kind of feed and exacerbate what's going on in the present. And when you right. cause you
2: to, have to function in your life yeah. and to not have joy and yeah. peace. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well so many so many people these days are suffering from anxiety and depression. I yeah, I'm glad that you find it helping people with that.
1: Yeah. 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 And so, you know, even for the, so I guess I brought that up because I was thinking like, even for the person who wants the Western medicine approach, you know, is happy with that, that treatment plan, but, you know, there's still a lot of painful emotions around just being a cancer patient, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even if all you are interested in is some emotional relief, it's, you know, it's fairly quick. So, right. You know, within a couple, three sessions, you know, even that could just help you be more at peace and be able to participate in, in whatever your chosen path is for treatment um, in, a, in a better way.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I do think that when we have a lot of these stuck emotional patterns, it does make us more prone to being that sympathetic dominant person who's stuck in the fight or flight response. And anytime we are stuck in the fight or flight response for longer than we optimally should be, um, that is preventing restorative functions, any restorative functions of the body from operating. Right. So we need to be in that parasympathetic response if we want to heal from from a, from a disease, from a condition. And and so again, you know, by by taking down that like emotional. The emotional stressors,
3: mm-hmm.
1: then that opens. It just creates a space for healing. I think because then you 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 can be in that rest, digest, and heal mode of the autonomic nervous system for more of the time, and that that will that will help any treatment, any therapy that you are working with mm-hmm. will be much more will be more effective. Just because of that, you know, you're just giving yourself the best chance to optimally accept the goodness of this, of this therapy, whatever therapy you're trying, whether it's chemo, radiation, uh, pharmaceuticals, right. Acupuncture, um, any, you know, any of those modalities. So, well, I thank you, Kathy, for sharing your experiences with us and, you know, sharing so much about your experience of the MAP method, um, I do. I, I do thank you for everything you shared today.
2: Yeah, well, thank you, and I. I hope your listeners, you know, are willing to take the plunge and and do MAP if they haven't already. It is worth it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about the MAP Coaching Institute, visit MAPCoachingInstitute.com. To learn more about Mind Remap for Health, my services, to sign up for a 15-minute free consultation, or to check out our podcast page, visit MindRemapForHealth.com. Until the next time be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2021 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Ben.